very appropriate songs um, for tonight's uh, conversation. Uh, I was thinking today of several verses that remind me that suffering is part of our life. Jesus Christ here just days before his death and the conversation with his disciples said in John 16, 33, in the world you have tribulation. Present tense right now because you're in the world, because it's fallen, uh, because we are fallen, though we are redeemed by Jesus Christ, we have tribulation. But he said, take courage, I have overcome the world. I think that's going to be illustrated tonight. There was a few more verses um, you can't help but find yourself in First Peter when you try to deal with suffering or help somebody who's going through suffering. The Bible says in First Peter 2.21, For you have been called for this purpose. Uh, uh, the whole context is suffering for the glory of Christ. He says, Since Christ also suffered you, for you, leaving you an example to follow in his steps. Christ suffered knowing you and I would suffer in this world as Christians. And he left us an example how to do that. And I think tonight you'll see someone who is still in that battle, still wrestling through those things, but is learning to follow Christ's example in suffering. And then finally, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 19 in 1 Peter, uh, Peter said this, Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God, and I want to just point something out there. There's a different suffering. You may choose to do sinful things and bring suffering on yourself. But then there's a suffering that God sovereignly designed to bring into your life. Something you may have never asked for or, or thought you deserved. But he says, if you suffer according to the will of God, you shall entrust your soul to a faithful creator in doing what's right. And that's what's caught my attention uh, of this uh, particular situation. Four years ago, this Sunday, um, was Gina and I's installation service here as, uh, for my pastorate ministry here. The day before that, Kyle Davis laid to rest Lisa. And uh, that started a journey. Um, Kyle asked you to come up here while I finish this statement. That put Kyle and I into a relationship not far after that as I watched this dear brother battle with God why he would take a 48-year-old wife home at that time. And um, Kyle's been a blessing to me. Um, I, I have been so encouraged by this man with the battle of, that he's gone through. And we'd like to share some of the things that we've learned, I've learned with you through this tonight. And so um, thanks for doing this, Kyle. This isn't easy. But I think every one of us will love the Lord more. I hope love our spouses more after tonight. Um, as we have a conversation together. So let me pray, and then we'll sit down and chat here. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are perfect in all that you do. Lord, if we didn't believe that, our trials would be just impossible to get through. But as Christians, as those who believe the Bible, who trust the gospel, we do believe that you're perfect in everything you do. And so, Lord, as we talk tonight, Kyle and I, and the congregation listens into this conversation, Lord, we want to exalt you. We want you to be known greater. We want the things that you love to be exalted. And all of us to go away challenged and encouraged. So I pray for my dear brother Kyle, Lord. Give him strength today. We're going to talk about things that are hard, Lord. They're, they're still fairly fresh. I pray you would strengthen him and remind him of our conversations we've had, the things we've learned in the word together, and, and just the strength you've given him, Lord, and the encouragement that he has brought to me. I, I pray that that will come out tonight. So we pray that your spirit will fall upon this conversation and help us, Lord. Thank you for this, brother, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Have a seat. I guess my first thoughts, Kyle, as we kind of look into this, is, I'll just never forget it. Yeah, go ahead, you got some water there. Um, uh, I was sitting just straight back here. Uh, Tony Sinelli had flown in to do my installation service, and my brother Tim was here. Um, their wives were here, and I just felt an, over, an overwhelming sense that I needed to go to this service. Uh, uh, the guys, the pastors had told me about your life and Lisa, and 
And I remember sitting back there watching you stand in this pulpit right here. Um, and I thought, I don't know who this guy is, but I want to know him. And uh, I didn't know we would have the depth of relationship we have now, but um, it was precious. So I, and I think for a context here, Kyle, as there's so many here that maybe don't, weren't here maybe and are new or don't know all the circumstances, um, I know it's a little bit difficult, but can we kind of walk back? What, what happened? How did the Lord take Lisa home? What, can you tell us the process that, that went through? Sure. Um, it was... Um in 2012, uh, February 2012, that uh, I came home from a business trip up in Atlanta where my company's based, and Lisa came home, and she was up, and it was late at night, and she was in the kitchen, and she asked me to feel her breast, and she had a lump, and that was the beginning of a journey of about three and a half years, and uh, of all things, we found out that... Uh, um, she went to the doctor on her birthday, and um, it was the beginning of a process to find out she had cancer. Um, she was off on a trip, and I got to tell her the confirmation that she had cancer. Um, it's just all these things that were going on. It was about a month process to figure it out, and then she went through um, uh, lots of, you know, like everybody does, I guess, basically, treatments and whatnot, and, you know, cancer goes into remission, and... Um, Three years later, um, and this, uh, this is the hard part, um, we, we went off on a family vacation. We went on a cruise. And, uh, and this is one of the things that we've talked about is just time. And, you know, everybody believes that they have all this time in their life. And like you said, my wife's 48 years old. And um, we went on this cruise, and she didn't walk off the cruise. She, the cancer had spread to her spine, and... Uh, she became immobile, and we had to um, take her off the off the cruise. Um, she couldn't walk. The next two months, uh, we um, cared for her, um, and uh, she passed away. Um, you know, like I said, about three and a half years after her initial initial excuse me diagnosis. And uh, one of the things I guess that stands out. I, um, I always remember telling my wife that um, it's the biggest lie I've ever told. Um, yeah, I'm a liar. I'm a sinner, but uh, it's beside the point. But I told her I was going to be all right, and that was the biggest lie I've ever told. Mm. And it just, you know, you know, <laughs> that's why I cry. Um, and uh, um, it wiped me out. It wiped my family out, um, and I'm still recovering. You're, you're just a little bit older than your wife. You, at the time, um, Brock and Sydney are high school, junior high. This is, this is the height of life. This is when our kids are thriving and, you know, the family vacations and the life is just going. And, and the timing of this is clearly not what we would have chose. Um, I think so many times we kind of talked through that. I just wept with you thinking, Lord, this is, this is almost impossible. Um, I know those had to be tough times. Uh, I, I don't want to dwell too much on that as we move forward here, Kyle, but some of our conversations, I think, that really struck me uh, were some of your and Lisa's private conversations uh, that you had as, as those days were winding down and you knew that the Lord was going to take her home. Uh, can you express some of those things? I know there's particularly some of that that you want to share with us tonight. It was kind of ironic. Um, and uh, I'm nervous, so if I, I stutter a little bit, uh, I'll tell you how nervous I was, too. I told you when we were getting ready, I got dressed. Rachel, am I all right? She was telling me how to dress today. But, uh, um, but uh, Blake may have something else to say. But um, I walked out to my truck to come up here, and I realized uh, I only had on my undershirt. I didn't have my shirt on. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, um, so you have to forgive me if I, I mess up a little bit. But... Uh, um, just the, the, the biggest thing we were, we were transitioning, we were getting ready. We, we bought a lot. We were going to, we were selling our house. We were move, um, moving out of our house and the kids were going off to uh, summer camp and we had a transition week where Lisa and I were going to have to stay in a hotel, um, and then move into a rental house that we had, um, 
arranged for. And by this time, we, we knew that, uh, you know, this is uh, about a week or so, two weeks into uh, her diagnose, you know, her reoccurrence that we knew about. And um, so she's very immobile. And you can imagine being in a, in a hospital, or excuse me, in a hotel room. And, and uh, so we talked and um, I was still going um, back to work a little bit. And her sister would come and watch her while I, while I was uh, um, at work. But one of the things that, um, you know, I've told you uh, that just, it was, it was a gut shot, man, because um, I don't know about y'all, but I can be self-centered, and I can be self-absorbed, and I can care about myself, and, and my wife really taught me something, um, and I was, you know, we, we were talking a little bit and, at night, and she, uh, and I asked her, I said, do you have any um, regrets in life, and, you know, I was expecting her to you know, say that, you know, in a few months I'm going to miss Christmas or, you know, ski vacation or, you know, homecoming with kids or, you know, all these things that we look forward to in life um, or that we're, you know, like almost taught to look forward to in life. And my wife told me that she wished she would have reached more people. And it changed me, man. And it just made me think that all these things that I've chased in my life I mean, relationships, um, cars, houses, clothes, it's everything I've chased in my life. I mean, I was a worldly guy, <laughs> um, and my wife just told me that, and she's dying. And she didn't care about anything else. She was just so sad that she didn't reach more people in her life. And so it's, that was part, that's been part of my process, and that's why I'm here today. I mean, I want to, I want to talk to y'all, um, and I, you know, we've talked, and I just that's, that's where I am in my life now. Um, so life's closing now. I'm sure you talked about the kids and, you know, those type of things as well. But I want to reiterate this point. Uh, she, her regret, as you asked her for a regret, is there something you wish you would have done? Her comment was, "I wish I would have reached more people." She wanted to reach more people, and um, I, and I told her at that time, you know, yeah, you did, you did, you know, you did a good job, or you know, all this, and and you know, we've talked about like she was getting ready, you know, holy believe she's a a follower of Christ, and I believe she's in heaven today, and I believe she may be watching us right now. She may be crying like me. I don't know. Um, it's one of the things you know we'll talk about, but. Uh, um, it's just, I don't know. I, <laughs> Lisa passes away four years ago this week. Um, as we've talked, and I think we use these words, it, it kind of launched you um, into a deep wrestling. Um, uh, you made the comment to me one time, you said, half of me is gone. Yeah, fully, uh, uh, it's weird, uh, you know, I don't, I'm a financial guy by by trade, I guess you'd say, growing up a math guy or whatever. And I was thinking about this. It's like, how could I explain this? And it, I mean, this may sound really weird because I told a buddy of mine a couple weeks ago about this. And he just laughed at me. He said, you started looking at marriage. And, and I was like, well, like when you get a test back and you don't get 100, you, you know, to me, you didn't do perfect. And so you start going and looking at all the questions. And and that's one, and you're like, oh man, how did I not add that right, or you know, do subtraction or multiplication or something? You know, it's like, what a bonehead, you know, I missed that. How did I do that? And and uh, <laughs> strange as it is, I started looking at marriage um, as one of the things I started looking at. I was like, what did I, what did I do? And the other thing is that that uh, drove me is just, I wanted to know. I think this is what you're, are you asking is. Yeah. Um, where Lisa, where Lisa was right now, I mean, I'm here, um, and where is she? I've been told that she's in heaven. What is this place, heaven? Um, I, you know, no knock on, on any pastors or anything. I don't, you know, I never heard, I don't think, a, a sermon, a full sermon or a series of sermons on heaven, and I just, you know, I'd heard about it, and you, you, you can take the worldly uh, way of, like, looking at heaven. You get on robes, and you play harps, and, and uh, 
you know, I get a singing voice like Hayward, and, and uh, finally, and I'm, you know, I thought I was coming up here to try out, but, um, but you know, I didn't know what heaven was, um, and I started studying. And, uh, I think this is where you and I really start to, get to or we started to click, because you started asking questions. You know, we, we came to the passage that, or someone would tell you um, that the Bible says there's no marriage in heaven, and that, that bugged you a little bit, uh, and you wanted to understand what was going on. You also wanted to know what she was doing, and, and was she concerned about you? Could you understand what she was doing? That, that really drove you, and, and at first, you were frustrated with that. I, I was very frustrated, and we, we had some, quite some conversations about that. Yeah, believe me, we did. You and Pastor Michael, but yeah. uh, he's not here to... <laughs> But uh, um, and, and to answer your question, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I, uh, the book that I love is Genesis. I, you know, I tell you all the time. And what I wanted to know was what was it like before the fall? And marriage was there before the fall. And I, and I looked and it said, you know, the, the, the uh, husband, you know, when we're talking about the husband and wife, I'm going to mess this uh, scripture up. but. Um, the husband and wife, and, and the, uh, they're going to cleave together. The husband leaves the parents, or the wife leaves the I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, um, and you become one. And I just, you know, over the years, we did become one. And, and I, it's like you could cut me in half, and half of me went to heaven. I mean, that's how it was. I mean, it wasn't me, but it's just we became one. Our lives became one. And, and it hurt, man. Um, uh, not knowing, and uh, I don't know if you know, send your spouse off or um, your kids off to school. Don't you wonder about them? I mean, when somebody leaves, you wonder about them, um, and that's how it was. But it was uh, I, one of the things I'll tell you all. There's not the, the loudest sound I've ever heard is the silence of death. I'll never hear another word from my wife until I get to heaven. And, you know, I just, it's a deafening sound, and it, uh, it's loud, and it got real loud right after she died, um, and, uh, but yeah, I was, I started searching scripture, um, you know, that, that's, everybody, I guess, when something like this happens, you, uh, you turn to something, um, one of the, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you, um, one of the things I've, just think of everything you, you see when people go through something like this. I mean, everybody's going to pick out the top ones. You go start drinking or you do drugs or, you, you know, you do something like that. You find somebody. Um, mine was food. Um, I put on about, I don't know, 40, 40 pounds or so. Um, I, I just, that's where, that was my solace is I, I turned to food. and, and uh, But at the same time... Um, I, I knew that my answers weren't in the world. My answers were in the Bible. And um, I just, I, I left here for a little bit, um, not long. I mean, I just started looking at different churches just because of the, it hurts to walk in here, um, just because of the memories. And, uh, but I kept on reading, and that's, I mean, the 15, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever I was reading, that's when I was at peace. And then I would, you know, close the book and go start living life, I guess you'd say, and that's when, you know, I could go down a dark hole, and um, believe me, I've been down some dark holes, but uh, um, it was in Scripture where I started, like, trying to find my answers. I think that's what um, gave Pastor Michael, myself, and, and cause as you kind of transitioned into my into my office there, uh, I, I knew you were had some dark times, and there were some real battles there, and and there was times, you know, I'd say, but the, but the Bible says this, and you know, I was trying to be very sensitive because I wasn't in your shoes, I hadn't gone through your experience, but I wanted you to hold to the Bible, but it was getting very clear that you were going to find the answers in the Bible. And as hurting as you were, the struggles and the deep struggles you were going through, I remember many times you walked out of my office or we left lunch together and I said, Lord, you're going to take him through this. You're going to get him through this. As bad as it looked, and at times I go, Lord, first of all, put your arms around, protect him. Because 
I mean, you, you've been very honest with me at times. To, uh, could I, should I take my life and be with her? Those thoughts went through your mind as, as we talked through that and we worked through those issues because you were so much longing to be with her. But what kept all that in check was you wanted to know what the Bible said. And, and that really was your saving grace and so, so much. And, and so when you and I would meet, you would always come with me at a passage. You've been banging on a passage and wanting to know what this, and you come in and, and you come in guns blazing. What does this mean? I think this is what it means. And we would start to wrestle through that together. And it gave me great hope, Kyle, that you were going to survive this suffering. Um, and, and though I know still that doesn't take hard to scratch on it just a little bit, and it's, you're, it's still there, but it is amazing what God's word has taken you through. Do you agree with that? Is that, is that a right assessment of our, our relationship? Yeah, you're not the only one. I feel sorry for Rachel and Blake, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they work with you, so they probably heard so, much of this as no, well. Um, I, I did, and um, I, I told you that one of the things that I, um, you know, you can, you can go pick up any magazine you want or watch any TV show or start watching all these people that are, you know, helping, you know, quote, helping people out. And I, and I was like, what do I do the rest of my life was my question and, uh, or one of them, but it's like, what, um, what do I do? And so I turned to the Bible and I went to Genesis, like I told you, and I went and studied Abraham and I went and studied Joseph and Abraham, why I went to Abraham was that I looked for people in the Bible that had lost their spouses. And Abraham lost his spouse, uh, Sarah, um, after she'd had uh, Isaac. And one of the things uh, um, that was very interesting to me is if you read down through, I think it's in chapter 24 at the very end when Isaac takes his wife. In the last, and, and I've learned that every single word in the Bible is in the, is in the Bible for a reason. And I, you know, I, I read this and I was like, wow. And it said that Isaac, after four years, I, you know, I looked at it and had it calculated out. He's four years after his, his uh, mom had died. It, it said that when he took his wife, he finally had comfort from his mom's death. And I was just like, wow, four years. And he's still, to me, he was still hurting. That, and it, it was included in the Bible. And you may like, okay, whatever. But to me, man, that gave me so much solace just to realize that God had like put that in there to say, at some point you're going to start feeling comfort, um, that the hurt is going to start turning to, I don't know, comfort, joy, whatever. But it it just it helped me. And so one of the things you know we talk about like why we're we doing this is like I just encourage you. I, I don't care what you're going through. Um, you don't have to go through the death of a spouse, but the, your answer is in the Bible. It's not in People magazine or watching TV. It's in the Bible. Mm. I, I remember when you brought that to me, and, you know, I spent my life studying. Can I drink your water, too? You can drink it, okay. too. Um, <laughs> I, I spend my life studying God's Word, and he comes to me and he says, the first person who lost a spouse is Abraham. And I'm going... I'm thinking, he's right. I, I had never, ever even thought about that, nor thought to study that to help someone who was going through suffering. But, but what intrigued me so much about that, and, I, and folks, I want you to listen to this. Instead of running to the bottle, running to whatever else, as he said, he ran to the scriptures to find his answers. And he discovered something, and we started studying that together. And I, in all my years of study, had not thought about that. That Abraham and, and Sarah and then eventually Isaac were examples of, of when someone loses a spouse. And we began to dig on that passage and, and see that the trust in God that they had of the promise and buying that lot. And, and of course, we had talked about that before, but we never put it in context that this is the first recorded death of a spouse within the scriptures. Um, and it was, again, it was those things, Kyle, that taught me, I thought, this guy's going to make it. He's, he's going to, it's going to be hard and there's going to be tears and there'll be times, but he's, he's digging deep into God's word. 
Um, Matthew 6 and 7, those were some of the passages we got in. Any thoughts that you want to share at that? Because we got in deep into those passages, I remember, as well. Um, one of the things that uh, we'd always, you know, I talked about with you and also Pastor Michael is, and I don't, you know, I'm sure people, there's people in here who have lost their spouses or kids or, or you know, parents, whatever. One of the things you start going through is, like, why did it happen? And, um, and it just... I sat there for a long time, um, uh, over a year, um, just sitting there asking myself, um, sorry to get my shoulder this way, I'll try to look more this way, but um, I sat there in just the longest time just asking, I was still in the scripture, but I was always asking, like, why, why, why did this happen, God? I remember vividly just going out all the time, I'd, I'd jog, believe this body, if you believe this body does jog, but I would go out and jog in the morning, I was like, you know, why did this happen, why, why, why? And finally, in Scripture, and I'd also listen to other um, sermons and whatnot, and it started evolving from changing from why did this happen to what. And my question started becoming, what do you want me to learn from this? And it, it started changing and started helping me, and it, it, it's a slow process, believe me, but, um, and it's you know, where we are today, but um, it just it really started changing me to what. And so I was in the scripture, and one of the things it starts talking about that you asked is, first of all, is God is telling us to lay our treasures up in heaven and not lay treasures up in, in earth. I mean, I, I work, um, y'all work, and the Bible tells us to work. But he doesn't necessarily, and it's not a bad thing to become rich, but it's not the, it's not the end goal. The end goal is heaven, and one of the thing, one of the scriptures also that sticks out to me is, and I started reading it was Colossians three, where once you become um, buried with Christ, you start looking towards heaven. I mean, that's where Christ is in heaven, and you start moving your eyes from all these worldly things. And believe me, I chase the world, man. I'm, you know, I, you know, we could we could sit here and do a night of like chasing the world, Kyle style, but. Uh, um, I started looking at that, and, and it changed my, my, uh, my thought process of, like, what? what? What did you want me to learn? One, he wanted me to learn more about him. I thought I knew a lot about I mean, I don't know how y'all are. Um, uh, you may think you know a lot about the Bible and about Christ and about God and the Holy Spirit, but, but maybe I'm the only one. I didn't know a lot, and I've been coming to church for a long time. And I've been reading the Bible, and I started really reading it. And I mean, I've read it. I mean, I, like I told you, I read, I started reading words, not sentences, but words. What do words mean? And uh, Matthew, it talks about laying up treasures, but then it, it also, the, the one that stuck with me was um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you. And I'm not saying what all the other things that God's going to give me, but I knew that I had to seek God first and keep seeking Him and keep reading and keep, you know, just keep towards God and keep my eye on God, but also keep my eye on heaven. And uh, it, it, it was that, though, and I vividly remember this. You kept chasing the things of heaven. And I remember at times I go, i got to get Him kind of off of that. But then... Then I changed my thought as I started to listen to you. I go, no, his thought of heaven, his thought of where God is and where Lisa is, is actually going to lead him to the truth. So you would start to look at a passage like Colossians 3 of set your mind on things above. So you were looking at it, well, I want to know what's above. But as you kept looking at, well, I want to know what's up there, you would study that text and you would begin to be convicted about life and you would come in it would start on heaven and you would realize wait a minute god has me to do something so it went from the why to the what what? i remember when you got to this text in matthew chapter six you you were still desiring to know what's going on in there all those things this passage was part of that heaven search add these things to me but the bible says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added and as you got to that you began to again transition to I may not know everything that Lisa's doing at this moment, why God did all those things, but he has something for me to pursue here. And that was the turning point. I could see it in your heart. I could see it in your life. You were starting to go, there's something better to chase. Yes. Um, and I, this may be like a, the rabbit hole, um, but uh, 
I just got to say this too. Um, after Lisa died, and please keep me on this, but I, I just got to say this now. I'm thinking about it. Everybody meant well, mm -hmm. um, and I love my church. I mean, I I know so many people came up and told me they're praying for me, and just my family and y'all supported me, gave us food and all that. And but the thing that kept on coming out is that you wanted me to be happy. And what that equated to, and I'll just tell you, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to step on people's toes or feet or whatever, but I lost my wife, Lisa. And so if I was unhappy because I lost my wife, what you're telling me, telling me was, I hope you have another wife or, or, or something like that. And, uh, and it just, it, it almost like hurt me more um, because it was, I could never get Lisa back, and you're just telling me to go out and find somebody else. And I, it may not be what you meant, um, but that's the way I was taking it. And I don't know if there are other people out here with the, with the same feelings or not that would go through it. But what I, and, and through my study of Scripture, I just found that, and I, and I told you that. Lisa, and, and people would say that Lisa wants me to be happy. And I ultimately came through my study with scriptures, like, Lisa doesn't want me to be happy. I mean, nothing in scripture really says that we're, we're like, guaranteed happiness. But what Lisa wants, I believe, is that she wants what Christ wants for me. She doesn't want anything else. She just wants what Christ wants for me. She's looking at God tonight. She's looking at Christ. And that's where, I guess that's what I'm trying to get across is like, I just want to, my life didn't get sidetracked into something else. I was fortunate enough to be able to stay um, God-focused, not always, but I, I stayed God-focused. And that's what I'd hope if anybody goes through hardship and affliction is that if you're here serving today, that if something happens to you like this or, or some other affliction, that you still, in the end, will serve God. Because that's what Christ wants. That's what Christ did when He came here. Is he served. He didn't seek happiness. He served. And um, I just, you know... Can I, can I quote you? Yeah. Um, you said this one time. You said, it's more important that God reach you. You're talking to me across the table at lunch one day. You said this, it's more important that God reach you than for me to have a wife. That's what you told me. Um, I think we, at one point, were talking about is it okay to remarry and, and, you know, all of those things. And this kind of discussion came up because you could still feel that sometimes people were more concerned for your earthly happiness than really the eternal direction that God was taking you. And we were working through that, and you were very kind. You said, I know they're well-meaning and all that, but you quoted me. Let me say, say this again. As he said this to me across the table, and I took this personally. It's more important that God reach you with, with what happened to me than for me to have a wife. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Sure. Um, I started, like, in, in Scripture... Uh, by, or my study of Scripture and just listening to, uh, I think, of godly men speaking. Um, did I say who they are? <laughs> you can, absolutely. If anybody, if anybody I, I love listening to Alistair Begg. I love listening to Chip Ingram. I love listening, uh, we'll stop there. But I, th th one of the things that I listened to was the wisdom of God and how we think we know best like what will make us happy. And I don't know, there may be a couple hundred, few hundred people in here, and we all have these different lives. And like my life, I, I had the death of a spouse, but everybody has issues going on. And this God that we serve, that cre the, the creator of the universe, that he controls all things, this sovereign God that, that we look at, that he's more concerned about me becoming more like Christ than me having Lisa as my wife here with me. And that's what I mean by that. It's like he's working all these things together. Our, our lives are intertwined here tonight. We're here together. I mean, he brought us here. 
uh, whether you believe that or not. But God brought us all here together so we could, you know, you get to listen to us, um, whether you like it or not. But, um, you know, he did that. And so what I mean by that is, like, and I wouldn't, I, I told you I would have hit you if you told me this four years ago or three years ago or something. Maybe but, about uh, two you might have punched me. But um, uh, yeah. I was afraid a couple of times. Uh, but... Uh, I've grown to the point where it's more important to reach people than for me to have a wife or to have Lisa. I guess I should stop saying my wife, but um, to have Lisa here. And, and she, one of the, you know, going to the scripture and how, how it's helped me, John fourteen twenty seven, the night where um, Christ is about to be betrayed and he's going to be crucified, and he tells the disciples, and he's been telling them, they still don't understand uh, what's going on. And he says, um, I give you my peace. Um, I leave you my peace. And it's not the peace of the world. And that's what I talk about. It's like we chase peace all over the place. But God, Christ, was, uh, Jesus Christ was about to be crucified. And if you can imagine the, the turmoil that, that is going in him, and yet he's saying that I'm leaving you my peace, not the peace of the world. And, and it says that don't let your hearts be troubled. And that's how I try to, you know, I try to live now. I mean, I believe me, I, I, you know, I sin. Uh, being anxious is sin. And uh, I worry about things. But I try to remember that is that God has given me, God has given me a peace through Jesus Christ and the hope that he gives us, not only me, but anybody who's a, a believer, he gives us that hope, and he gives us that peace. And regardless of what we're going through, that, that he is, it's in Scripture, read it. Um, you know, it's not me, it's not a Kyleism, it's, a, it's in, in Scripture, he says, I give you my peace. And that's, man, when you can get to that point, things get a little bit easier in your life. I mean, you can start facing some issues that you never thought you could face. Mm, that's well said. Uh, what was so, how uh, do I use my words careful? What so encouraging to me, Kyle, is a lot of times when I'm counseling in any of the pastors or counselors in the room that counsel regularly. Uh, <laughs> you can, you're going to have my water. Um, as you're coming in, we're preparing, we're preparing to text that that we believe that would help you, um, whether it's repentance or encouragement or whatever it is, we're preparing a text. Every time we met, you came with the text. And so I'd be all ready to go somewhere. And I remember this when you brought in this whole thing on peace. And you had done your homework. And you had studied peace from the Old Testament through the, through the New. And then you landed on that night before his death. And it's death, and then there's peace being offered while he's getting ready for the cross. And you are starting to put those connections that the death of Christ, the cross of Christ, was going to give peace in the most difficult times. You were putting that connection together. And this is the middle. Folks, you have to realize how hard this was. He was wrestling with God through these things. But he's going to the scriptures, and he's putting the connection together of peace and the death of Christ. And that's a gospel. And I, thought, I remember times walking away in tears going, Lord, you're going to rescue him. You're going to rescue him from this. One day. And what's that? One day. Yeah, it is a process. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, if I, Go ahead, one more, and then I, I want to lead you to yeah, one more no, talk. And the other, when you keep on going on to uh, 28, and it was something that Lisa and I talked about one time, and, it's, and it says that if you loved me, Christ is speaking, it says, if you loved me, you would be happy because I'm going to the Father. And mm-hmm. I remember one time Lisa and I talked about it, and, and we, were, you know, we were talking about Scripture or whatever, and we, this is the one time that we talked about, we talked one time in our marriage about death and whether we would remarry or not was, was the topic. And, uh, and we were talking about going to, to, to heaven, and, and uh, I was like, man, it, it just struck me. Said, "Wouldn't you be happy that I'm in heaven?" And I was like, mm. "Yeah, but I miss you." And just all these things. It's like it would be hard. And it's like you want to leave me here. And this was before she was ever sick. This correct. Was just this a conversation. is like way back. Yeah, just a conversation and, uh, between a husband and wife. Yeah. Right. And um, um, and so I was just like, and it, it, it's weird that she said this to me. I don't know, ten, fifteen years earlier. 
and then it came back when I was reading Scripture, and it and, and it's and Christ is saying to me that through, you know, He was talking about Himself, and if you love me, um, me and the disciples, if you love me and knew that I was going to God, you'd be happy for me. And again, I wouldn't have said this to you. Know, I would have like probably, you know, Go ahead. <laughs> you could have punched me. Um, <laughs> a happy punch. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would have been mad. Uh, but now I'm at the point where I am happy that she's in heaven, um, and I want to go to heaven, and I want y'all to go to heaven, uh, every single one of us. Um, I hope we all are there together one day. But it's just, when you start, again, i got to go back to Scripture. I may sound like a, a, you know, beating a dead horse, but when I read that, that's where I... I it, and I kept on, it's not, I didn't read it one time, I kept on reading and I go back to it. And it just reminds me that to be happy that Lisa's in heaven right now and that I should be happy. Um, I'm not always, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not always happy. I do get down um, because I, you know, loneliness. Um, I walk into a house by myself and that that does bring loneliness and it, and it can take me down, but then it's, that's when I start getting self-focused. Again, remember I told you I'm, I can be self-centered. Um, and then I start trying to pull out. And honestly, I, um, sorry, I'm, I sent that to you. Um, I told you that uh, this, this one series or this tape of the wisdom of God, when I go down in that dark hole, I pull this sermon out and it starts talking about everything that God does in our lives for multiple people. And it makes you see that you're not, the universe doesn't swing around Kyle Davis. Um, it swings around Christ. And it's his universe and how he does things. And it's the best way. That we're living the best life possible, all of us together. And he's going to bring it to a perfect ending. And when you start thinking that way, and it took me a while, um, when you start thinking that way, um, things get a little bit easier. In our time left, I, I want to do with two subjects. Um, first one is kind of a two lives uh, that you've kind of experienced. You've, you've talked about two lives to me. And it isn't that you got saved. You were a believer before him. I want to make sure people know that. Um, but you came, eventually you got to, and your study of heaven got you to Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And you begin to talk about the difference of the change and desires that you now have to serve. And this goes back to your conversation with Lisa. She was just in those last days as she was passing away and you, and you asked her about regret. She says, I wanted to do more, reach more, serve. You kept coming out with that term, serve the Lord more, serve the Lord more. So I want to talk about that for a moment because that has been an, an amazing thing as the elders have watched you and interacted with you, especially these last couple of years. Wow, have we seen ministry come out of you. Um, in so many aspects, one-on-one with people, ministry with our trees, and they may not understand all that, but just constantly, <laughs> constantly doing something, doing something. So let's talk about this two lives that you kind of talk about, this change of, this change of service attitude. It's going to be scary. At least you got treated in for a tree. <laughs> <laughs> he um, does love trees. Um. Well, Lisa and I talked about this one time. I remember that the, the verse just stood out. We were, again, just uh, back in our bedroom, just talking about Scripture. And, and we read this, and it just scared me. Um, I don't know, again, if you fear God or not. Um, but when I read this Scripture, and it said when, you know, I, I just put myself in that place. If I died right now, and I faced God... And what if he said, go away from me, I never knew you? I mean, just ponder that for a minute. And, that, and I guess this is the other thing I want to... My, my um, study has not been emotional. My study has been thoughtful. And 
God wants us to study his word in a thoughtful way. He doesn't want to, like, you, you, you will have an emotional response, but it, he wants you to like sit there and think about what his word says. And so I just sat there when, with Lisa, and I was like, man, that, what, what if I'm fooling myself like, in what I do? What if I got to, to, to heaven and you know, God cast me away? And I just challenge you all. I mean, like I said, um, one, of the, one of the things I hope is it makes you think about you know, your, your, uh, your scripture reading and, and whatnot. But um, it, it led to how do I serve? And do I serve for myself or do I serve truly? Do I serve the creator of the universe, my Lord and Savior? And um, I just started looking at my life and do I, you know, if, if I looked at Scripture and I specifically looked at Christ and what He did, and I mean, read it. I'm, I'm, I beg you to read it and, and just look at what Christ did. He didn't come here to have everybody fawning over Him. He didn't come here as a self-centered seeker of self-gratification. I mean, He washed His disciples' feet on the last night he wasn't sitting there like, let's have a party. He was sitting there serving the, the disciples that he'd been walking with. And it just made me think that, um, and this is something that I'm, I, I really wrestle with now, is um, am I really, I don't, am I really a Christ follower? I'm a, I love Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. Um, but am I really like Christ in my life? Do I serve Him? And have I really given my life to Him? Am I willing to do whatever He wants me to do in my life? And I just, again, I challenge everybody, really, just like, have you really given your life, and are you willing to serve in any way that He wants you to serve? And that's, I mean, that's what it's, that's where He has taken me now. That's where the what question has has taken me. It's like, what am I doing? And what does Christ what does God want me to do? And uh, um, we we want to clarify this because and we've talked about this. You you and, knew you were saved. You weren't looking at Matthew seven twenty two and saying, um, "Oh no, I didn't do enough works." What it made you think through is, "I am saved." Right. And 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 these guys aren't. These people here in this text, they're not saved, but they're trying to offer something out of some kind of religious. I better do this and hope it all works out type of attitude. You, it moved you to think about what is Christ, what is the gospel motivating me to do? So, so one of the, th- um, so something that always comes to my mind is, is that, and, I, and when I talk with people, especially, I mean, there's a bunch of young people over here, and, and I just, um, everybody wants, I mean, it, it's marketed to us. We talk about marketing when we talk about it. It's like how it tries to influence our lives. And everybody's got to get what they can in this life. It's like, I need this. I need the new car. I need the house. I need, you know, uh, uh, you know this house isn't good enough. I got to have this. I got to have all these things I got to have. And it, it's just when you, when you get saved, and this is the, 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 the two lives, if you only live for what you can get right now, I'm, I'm totally in agreement that you will only live one life. But when you're saved and you truly follow Christ, you have a second life. I mean, when you go in and you get dunked, and you, you know, we talk about coming out, and, and you start living for Christ, you're in life too. Um, you know, my word's not, you know, Scripture, but just you start living this new life. And things just, I mean, it's truly like, like Paul. The scales start falling from your eyes and... and you know, what was very enticing to you before and you had to have it, it's gone. It may take, you know, not, it may not be instant like a snap, but soon after it starts going away. And that's what I mean by the, the you know, the one life, two lives. And, and uh, if, if you're not different, um, and that's where I started looking at myself and, and I looked at like, what am I doing in my life? Um, am I really serving like Christ serve? I mean, if you want an example, um, go read the Bible. <laughs> go read what 
Jesus Christ did while he was walking on the earth. If you want to, you know, when we talked about it's like everybody asks, what's God's will in my life? You know, you can sit there and, you know, with a job, if I'm supposed to marry this person, if I'm supposed to go to this school, if I'm supposed to take this job. And, it, and it's like we try, uh, to me, we, we try to really complicate things. It's like, what does Christ want you to do? I mean, what is his will? He wants you to serve. Do you, does he want you to, to, to marry this person? Or does he want, you know, y'all start dating soon, or maybe you're already dating. Does he want you dating a person that is out of Christ? You know, if, you say, if you're saved and you're dating somebody that is not saved, that's wrong. And it's not wrong because I'm saying it. It's wrong because the Bible says it. And it's, God put down these things. He gave us these commands to follow. And when we start like, living a life that his, you know, from his commands, it just starts making a better life. Uh, you and I have spent so much time talking about that. And I, and let me just put a cap on that. And I want to hit one more subject because our time's uh, leaving here quickly. But I think what stuck with me so often was here's a, uh, what I believe to save man that God chose by his sovereign will to take your wife, it awoken you to a fuller view of our Lord and Savior and a fuller view of why you're here on this earth. And, um, and, and there's, it's been incredible. I remember one Saturday, uh, some Saturday, sometimes Saturdays I'm here studying, and, and a lot of times I'm in the building and I'll be working through trying to think about how I'm going to say what I just learned and I'll walk the building so I'm walking by there looking at the children's ministry and there's this guy out in a tree and uh and I go who's out in our tree monkey and uh so I walk out there and of course here's Kyle and um and I go what are you doing he goes I just seen these trees they've been neglected and is it okay if I if I trim them up and and I just feel I can serve the Lord this way. This is something I can do. <laughs> he's looking for things to serve the Lord with. And he's up in this tree and I go, can I get you some water? <laughs> I, I take a thousand of you people that want to do this, you know. And uh, it was just, it, it, was, it was so fun to watch you transition into what can I do next? Is there someone I can talk to? Uh, where do you need help with the church? Is there someone that needs food? I'm going to cook some pulled pork and take it down to the law enforcement because I think they need to be cared for. Maybe they'll let me have a conversation. It was just one thing after another as God was transforming you and realizing that you were going, there's, there's, a, there's a better life than chasing the things for myself. So I just wanted to kind of put a cap on that. One more subject because time's fleeing from here. You... <laughs> Um, you've challenged me to love Gina um, better. Um, and I needed that. Um, many times you and I are walking away from a restaurant or having lunch together or just been sitting talking about life and walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm walking around and you, and you go, you do this, you've done this. How many times have you done this to me? You go, hey. And I turn around and you go, hold her hand for me. And Kyle, I can't tell you how uh, powerful that was to me. Um, I spend my life studying the Word of God, and you, we can take things for granted. And you and I have talked about that there are certain things that you just can't do anymore. Um, and I think we need to hear that tonight, Kyle, as we close out. Um, are you able to talk about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's two things I love doing with Lisa. One of them was holding her hand. I miss it so much. And um, <laughs> the other thing was I love kissing her. I'm not talking about like groping or whatever. I, I mean, I just... I love kissing her. I, I love showing affection to my wife. And I miss that, man. I, um, and I just know, um, I, I just enjoyed it. I mean, we could be driving down the, car, driving down the highway and in the car, and I just want to hold her hand. And, uh, or walking, in the, walking around, I don't, I don't care where. Um, 
and I'd forget, you know, she always thought I was forgetful, but I'd forget things on purpose, but, uh, so I could go back in the house and leave and kiss her again, and, um, but, uh, <laughs> sounds stupid, huh? Um, but, uh, I loved it, man. I don't know if you like kissing your wife, and I don't, or husband, I don't know if you like holding hands, but I tell you, <laughs> If you want to do one thing, I'll tell you, but I'll tell the whole congregation, if you can hold your wife's hand or you can hold your husband's hand. Um, initially, it hurt. Oh, I, every time I went to the store, every time I came to church, and I'd sit there and I'd see some of you holding hands, and I just, it would just, you know, it'd make me cry that I would never be able to hold my wife's hand again or Lisa's hand here again. And uh, so that's why I just, it, it you know, one, um, it's not that it's like holding hands, but to me it's like it meant that we were together. I mean, she was mine and I was hers, and we loved each other. And through thick and thin, and uh, she got mad when I pulled her through crowds and stuff, but um, out of Disney or whatever. But uh, um, I, always, I always had her hand, and, you know, God gave her to me, and God gave me to her. And I was to hold on to her and to cleave. And it was like one of those ways I just physically show that I was holding on to my wife and that she was holding on to me. And I just, I miss, I, I don't know, I just, I miss it. I miss it a lot. Um, Recently, you and I were speaking about First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And um, as we thought about men and spouses and just... Uh, husbands and wife, the verse reads this way, you husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as, as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And then this last phrase we talked about quite in length, um, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Yeah, I told you that uh, I wish somebody would have told me this before I got married or in counseling or whatever that it was amazing, again, just reading scripture, and uh, I heard this, and it was like, you ever sit there, and you could be praying for a, a day, a month, a year, you could be praying to God for a year, I mean, just think about that, if you're treating your wife poorly, I mean, it's in scripture, you just read it, and I just, it just, man, it hit me like a, you know, again, a gut shot that if we don't treat our spouse, our wife, this is specifically the, talking about the wife, but if we don't treat our wives, that God's not going to even listen to our prayers. I mean, you could be sitting here talking, you could pray 24 hours a day, and God is not going to hear. And it just, it hit me. And uh, so, guys, treat your wives right, because in Scripture, it tells you what, you know, can happen. And uh, it just, it's, it was an amazing piece that I, you know, I read, and like I said, I, I wish I would have heard that a, a long time ago. Well, Kyle, um, I know this hasn't been easy, um, but I got to tell you publicly how much you have encouraged me over these last really four years now, and particularly these last two of, have been intense. We've had some intense times together, but you've really encouraged your pastor, um, and as I went to the elders and I pitched this idea to them, they kind of looked at me like, what are you going to do? Um, I, I, I knew that you had things, and I know we've just kind of scratched the surface of so many things we talked about, but um, just there's not so often as pastors, we see people go through suffering, go through hard things, and, and, and particularly people in the middle of their life, um, I guess as we get older, we may expect our, st our spouse to pass away, and sometimes that happens. But in the middle of your life when this happens, so, so often, and I know other pastors in, in, in here and other people can tell you, most people don't come out this way. They, it's years of embitterment against God. It's embitterment against the church. It's embitterment against all kinds of things. And um, I, I, I am so full of praise to God that you turn to him. And though there were those dark times and you had so many questions and the whys were bigger than the what for a while, you stayed in the Word of God. You kept your nose in the book, uh, searching for what God uh, wanted you to know through His Word. And, and Kyle, you really blessed me. And um, uh, it's a real privilege to call you my, my good friend. And, 
And I hope we have many more sessions together because I don't know what you're going to bring me next time, but you always have some passage that you've been digging through and wrestling with that um, I get to get challenged with. And so um, I know there's many more things we can talk about. Um, but let me challenge you. You may be here and your marriage is a sham. You, you, you're mad at each other all the time. Um, you, you fight and... And, and uh, listen, I've talked to people who were in these situations, and they said, I wish my spouse would die. I've actually had that come out of their mouth. Finally, their heart broke loose, and it spilled out. But most of them don't go through this. And um, you may be here, and your heart may be hard, or you may have suffered a great loss of some sort. I would encourage you, number one, come talk to Kyle. You, Kyle, Kyle will talk to you. He's going to tell you what the Bible has to say. He's not going to mix words with you, but he's going to tell you what the Bible is going to say. You men, I would really particularly challenge you to come spend some time with Kyle. Um, take him to lunch. Ask him, can we go to lunch someday? Because I don't, I don't love my wife like you're talking about. And I would encourage you to take him up on those, those areas. Um, we, we also have a great pastoral staff here in counseling do not let life get to this point. Ask God to break your heart tonight. Don't, don't live one life. Get to live the two lives, the life that is desiring the Lord Jesus Christ, desiring to serve Him and give Him joy. And, and that's what I want you to hear from this today. Don't go away and say, oh boy, I'm so happy for Kyle. It's exactly what we talked about. He's, he now is thankful God took him through this as hard as it is so that others, first himself and then others would be blessed by this. And so I would really encourage you um, to deal with issues. Do not bury them. They don't go away because you never know what God's going to do in the future. Kyle, thank you. I appreciate that. If I, uh, yeah. One thing, because we talked about how I love Genesis and, and uh, talked about in the fall at, in just going on what you just said with, with your marriages and the relationships. And the very first thing that uh, uh, has to happen is communication. When you look at the fall, God didn't punish right away. He came and started talking to Adam and Eve. And so if you're having problems uh, in a relationship, somebody break the ice. Somebody do it. I mean, don't, I mean if you don't, all you're doing is just showing pride. You're, you're too prideful to, to bring up something. And we know what happens with pride. It's a sin. And so, you know, we, we've talked about many times. It's just God communicates. That's the first thing that he did when something wrong happened. He started talking. Yeah. And he when, came after them and sought them out. Correct. Yeah. So go after your spouse or go after your boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, and talk to them. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, we could talk for hours, but I, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for what you've done in Kyle's life, Lord. Uh, Father, we'd be remiss if we did not thank you for Lisa. Um, many people in this room knew her, Lord. Some of us did not. But she loved you, and, and Lord, as we have been a firsthand witness here by Kyle of what Lisa said in her dying days was she desired to serve more. She desired to reach more people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what, a, what a great challenge, Lord. It's really a, a voice from the past speaking to us through her husband. Serve the Lord. Put away all the desires, the things of this world that will pass away, but pursue the Lord Jesus Christ and pursue others. Serve, Lord. And Father, we thank you for bringing Kyle uh, this far, we know that you still have work uh, you're doing on him. He would readily admit that. Um, but you have brought him along, and he has found peace, Lord, and he's found it in your word. And he's actively serving and caring for others and looking for gospel opportunities with people, Lord. And we thank you for that. And may this have been a challenge and encouragement to us. Finally, Father, I pray for all of our marriages in this room. Ones that are so busy we can't think to hold their hand. We're so caught up in our own struggles and 
our finances and issues or our needs not being met, Lord, that we don't care enough to hold a hand. And I, I pray that many marriages would be reminded of that tonight. That our spouses are a gift from God. The Bible proves it over and over. God ordained our marriages. And what he has put together, let no one but him separate. And we know, God, that you will reunite Kyle and Lisa and all the brethren and sisterhood together one day in heaven. But Lord, it is such a reminder. Our spouses are a gift from God. May we treat them as a beautiful gift from God. And I pray you would help us with that. Lord, those in this room that are going through marital struggles, Lord, help them communicate. Tonight, a conversation that is God-honoring, it's full of repentance. It's turning from sin and and turning to the Lord. Lord, if they need help, would they seek out Kyle? Would they seek out pastors and others, men and women in this room who would counsel them and help them? Life is too short, Lord. But in the end, Lord, we thank you for all of this. I pray uh, just a blessing upon Kyle as he strives to serve you, Lord, and he goes through this life that you would continue to direct each of his steps, Lord. And we pray and and, and that you would continue this in his life, Lord, and we would feel the ramifications, and we would be encouraged by this, and his example would spur us on, Lord. So thank you for this time tonight, Lord. Bless Kyle. Give him strength as he continues to grow, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.